On Second Shot, we tackle two new headlines every week to find out what kind of wisdom the world is dishing out today. And we want you to be a part of that. When you see a headline you want to take a second shot at, or if you're looking for advice, or just want to tell us what you think of the show, email us at secondshotcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, rate us on iTunes. This helps us move up in the ratings so more people will see us. And if you want to hear more, subscribe to the show so that the new episodes will get straight to you every single Friday. We love you. Thanks for listening and enjoy. There's a lot of news in the world today. News that might surprise you, startle you, upset, or maybe impress. News that's not always for the faint of heart. That's why the man who failed his way to success, Heath Oaks, is stepping up. Tackling today's headlines with ignorance on fire in a way only a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with your host, Heath Oaks. I have to say, this is really weird feeling, and it's glad to be back because I had, like, dental work done, so, like, half of my <laughs> face is numb, and I'm, like, talking and, like, trying to play with my lip because it feels like it's weird, and I'm like, this is odd. If there's ever a week to watch the video version of yeah. the show. Yeah, it's like half of my mouth is all lipped over. Like, right. You sound drooling. Yeah. 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 Jenny, Zach, and Matt in the house as always. Hey, Hello. everybody. Hey. And Hello. I'm finally Hello. back from my long hiatus. Yes. You yeah. were missed. You were uh, missed. Yeah. I, w- I missed it. I missed it. But yeah. it's it's been going nonstop fourth quarters. Super busy for us, so sure. it's uh, on the road a lot, it seems like. Uh, you're not the only one. It's been crazy around here, too. Is I, it? Yeah. Everybody. It's just the holidays, I guess. People, yeah. you know, got parties to go to and families coming into town, and, and you got to think things out by the end of the year. It's a mess. It's busy and crazy, and then there are some people who think, oh, I made that resolution last year to do that one thing, yeah. and they realize they have three weeks left to go. <laughs> now the time. So some people are kind of hustling to the yeah. end of that, Any, anybody too. Anybody know, how oh, I can drop 20 pounds in three weeks. Right. Hit me up. <laughs> do people pick up their New Year's resolutions at the end of the year, or do you just say, forget it, I'll get it to it next year? Is that... Uh, I like to try to get a jump start on it so that if I have a resolution for the next year, <laughs> then I'm already it's already like really easy You're to do. Yeah, it's a good one. already yeah. ahead of the game or kind of get the the framework set for the start of the new year. Well, I think that people need to go ahead and start thinking about our New Year's tradition right now to be thinking about the dream boards yeah. for New Year's. Yes, people really that's such a good practice, and we'll get into that more. I think in probably one of the third segments of the next couple episodes as we get closer to give you an idea of what that is. Um, because I think it's something that it's I think it's a great practice for us. It's helped. And I think it'd be good for a lot of people to do. Yes. Yeah. yeah maybe we can do. We'll do something in the Facebook yeah. group and maybe kind of share the boards yeah, yeah. and things like that. That'd be fun. Yeah. Speaking of New Year's resolutions, one of my worst segues ever on this show. This has nothing to do with New Year's resolutions. Because it makes no sense at all. <laughs> nothing but, at all. But, yeah. So you were thinking about Go it. Ahead, but Zach. Yes, yeah. here it is. Uh, the first headline of the show. Storage Wars star Dan Dotson sold a $500 storage unit with $7.5 million accidentally hidden inside. For those who haven't seen the show Storage Wars, let me explain. Uh, this is how it works. People have storage units. Of course, everybody's got some, uh, I guess. Uh, over time, if you don't pay off your debt, the storage unit is sold at auction, basically sight unseen to anybody who'd like to buy it for however much the auction goes up to. So this man, Dan Dodson, buys a storage unit. Or I'm sorry, uh, an anonymous buyer. I don't actually know the name. It's not listed in the article. Buys a storage unit that used to belong to Storage War star Dan Dotson, who's on the show. Uh, he buys it for $500. In the unit, he finds a safe, and after he gets a couple people to help him crack it open, he finds $7.5 million in cash 
in the safe. He makes a video, he puts it on Facebook, and soon after is contacted by Mr. Dodson's attorney who <laughs> says, listen, we would like to give you $600,000 to give us the $7.5 million back. And they go back and forth and they negotiate and they end up coming out to about $1.5 million finder's fee. Uh, for it, and, and he ends up giving all the money back, and he gets his little bit, and you're on your way. So the question, of course, posed here is, if you found this money, that much money, do you give it back? Is it the right thing to do, or do you say, hey, finders keepers? Uh, and that's our headline. You don't make a Facebook video about it. That's what you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. Well, but, but in, in, here's what I'm going to say about this before we get to the second shot on it is, mm-hmm. that he didn't find that. I, as much as I am a fa- like, if I just found somebody's wallet on the street, I'm going to go find no matter how much money's in it and give it to somebody, okay? Sure. This man did not pay his storage bill and was told, your storage is going into it and you got 30, 60, 90 days, 120 days, and never paid his bill, so the storage company is left with it. So what? that's when they sell them at auctions because somebody didn't pay their bill and left it there, mm-hmm. okay? So it's not a finding it. The man paid money, bet on a locker that, you know, you're, it's taking a gamble almost. You paid $500, hope there's something worth it in there that you can sell. Right. The man who got it and stuff, most of these people own like antique shops or anything, and they're buying up a lot of them and stuff that they can put in their shops. Mm-hmm. So it would be hard-pressed for me to give a dime of that to him because he did not find it. That's a good point. The man did not pay his bill, got his locker repoed. This man fairly purchased it. And got really lucky there. So I, I don't like how they say, you know, finder's keeper thing. Like, no, I mean, he, the guy didn't pay his bill. This is not like finding somebody's wallet on the street. You're actually very like, right. Yeah. It's like not true. at all. Like, yeah. if, like if I would it's have. It's weird verbiage in the article. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If I would have, if you find somebody's money, a wallet on a deal or whatever, I firmly believe no matter how much is in it, I'm going to find the people and give it back to them. Yeah. That's different, though. It is different. It is. You're right because the assumption or the promise when you do that is that you get to keep whatever's in there, and it could be garbage. It could not be worth five hundred dollars. They lose a lot of right? stuff. Yeah. Mm. Sometimes those, you know, you go in there and they think, "Ooh, can I really even, you know, even with all the work of selling things back, can I even get up to five hundred dollars?" Yeah, and they didn't like, you know, push the man out of his storage locker and like bully take it over. That's he didn't point. pay the bill, and, and and it has to be like it's like almost six months in most states that you can't pay bill before they can even evict you and and actually revoke it and sell a locker. So like he had to not pay his bill for like six months at least probably. Yeah. Before it could even go up for an auction. Not to mention this is a guy who's on Storage Wars who does this for a living. It's like a repo man getting repoed. It's weird. It's like you you kinda got played by your own game, you know? And it's like, oh did you forget you had seven and a half million dollars in there? Yeah. Wait, the guy who was the host of Storage Wars? Yeah, he's one of the people on it who buys units. That go up for auction. Oh, it was one of his he, old units. One of his old units went up for auction, and he, yeah, lost he, it. I guess he forgot that he had seven and a half million dollars stashed in that one, and let <sighs> that one go back. It was just like I'm not have. going back. I hate when I forget that I have seven million dollars <laughs> just like around, but like my, it's in my sock drawer. So what's your what's my your second, second shot, shot life yes. lesson on it? My, my second shot on it is a lot of times we'll look at that guy because these people who buy these storage lockers that they're typically lifelong storage locker buyers that, that's what they a lot of them do. They, they, buyers, yeah, yeah yeah they they they've been buying like this guy has probably bought thousands over the years and you know because he he thinks he can go take the gamble on three five hundred dollars and if there's some stuff good in there he's probably got an antique showroom where he probably has some people that buy pieces 
and whatnot. So he's bought tons over the years. So a lot of people say, oh, man, he's lucky, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what we get a lot in life and, and success in business in general. A lot of people go, well, that person was lucky. But, but what you don't see is the all the lockers he's bought that he's lost his shirt on. Mm-hmm. You know, like he paid 500 and it wasn't even worth $50 in that, right? He's, he's taken a, a swing at the plate many more times. So luck will always come your way when you're swinging more. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So you're talking about... For example, in business, people who think, oh, wow, they, you know, this person's young and gosh, they have this really successful business. How amazing. But if you look at the past, usually they've tried a couple of things before they've really hit it. Yep. And, and you can't just sit there and hope and think that stuff's going to get better and look at everybody else and think they're really lucky. And it, and it happened with them. You know, I be, I'm a firm believer in this, that does luck play a, a factor in any type of success? I absolutely believe so. But I believe everybody has the right amount of luck, the exact same amount of luck coming their way. Some people, let's just say it is a uh, thousand swings at the plate before lucky comes your way. Yeah. Some people get to a thousand swings by, you know, by their 22. Some people are slower, don't really go at it hard. They tinker with their ideas and don't get to a thousand swings till they're 40. Or they never get to a thousand swings because they give up after a hundred and say, screw this, I'm not, I'm not doing it. Right. And so they never get to the point to where the balls can bounce their way. And are setting in a spot for that to happen, you know. Because they're not putting themselves out there. They're not. They're not. Way. They're not taking the swing at it. You got to understand, luck doesn't. You know, the the odds of 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 the luck coming your way the first time you do something are slim to none. But we hear about those stories and we go, oh, that if it didn't happen for me, like sure, it did for that person. Well, that's a one. That's in top one percent with it. But the majority of people, luck will always come your way. I firmly believe that if you're out there pushing with it, luck and the ball will bounce your way. You have to be looking for it and you have to be prepared to take ownership of that luck when it comes your way. And not waste the time in between. Absolutely. Right? You got to get after it. Yeah. If you want something, you have to get after it. You can't sit there and think that, that you know and let it hold you back. That somebody else keep looking at somebody else and thinking, well, they were lucky. You know, I mean, if you play the lottery a hundred times in a year, and I play it one time, and you win it, and I don't, and I'm going, you're lucky. Well, I mean, you played it a hundred more times sure. than me. Right. You know, in sales, I always, I, I've always said, would you rather have, um, you know, I, well, I get somebody to come in, I go, look, if you just learn that what most important is volume, before you learn how to be good, you'll be much better off. Don't worry about, you know crafting your sales skills being the best salesperson really know even knowing your stuff really well yeah that you know because if you don't get in front of somebody knowing all that stuff does you no good right if you learn volume you're going to get you're going to get skills much faster so you know the way i looked at it i had my mindset change when i went out in a day i my goal was to get 99 people to tell me no and so every time i cuz every time i got a no <laughs> You know, I was happy, right? It was a mind trick with me some. It was, I was happy. I'm into that. And then I went after those no's and I got more yeses um, because of that. And I wasn't very good. I didn't know what I was doing. But then I got better than everybody else faster because I had done 100 presentations where they had done 10. Right. So I had crafted my skills. Some people come in and go, I want to learn everything. I got to know all my knowledge. I got to know all this stuff. And they get it all prepared. But you know what? They've done zero work. And so it's like, you know all that stuff. But if you're not put in front of a customer, then you're never going to get a sale. It's sort of the same concept when I tell up-and-coming journalists uh, to always take the morning shift job if they can, because on a morning show, the show is going to be at least two and a half hours long, potentially up to six or eight hours long. So you're going to do like maybe eight live shots in a day, whereas if you're on the 
more prestigious evening show, you're going to do maybe two live shots a day. So if you have a two-year contract, you come out at the end, you can do the math. I mean, you, you're going to get so much more practice and you're going to come out being so much more well-versed and skilled because it's hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, yep. one after the other, after yeah. the other, after the other, as opposed to having just that one nicely crafted one in the evening. And, mm. and, the, and the trick that everybody has is, is that other people get lucky, not them. And I firmly do not believe that. I believe everybody has it. It's just how many swings are you going to be taking? The more swings you take, the faster you do it, the more you know live shots you do, the better you're going to be than everybody else. Don't worry about crafting it all, getting it all better. Just go get your tail end up there. Get to swinging at it some, and you're going to be much better off than anybody else. So we'll be back in a minute on the second segment of Second Shot. He's a suit and tie kind of guy with deep southern roots. Heath Oaks hosts more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. Ignorance on fire, a journey of failing your way to success. It is time for you to finally go get my book. You can get it in a hard copy. You can get it through reading it on your iPad or your Kindle. And you can also get it with this beautiful redneck voice of mine in audiobook style at audible.com or anything like that. So Amazon.com, you can download the Kindle or paper, and you can get it on the audiobook style. You've been hearing us talk about it forever, and you've been trying to sit there and tell your friends, I'm going to get it one day. Today is the day. Go get it. And it will change your life. Get after it today. Ignorance on Fire, a journey of failing your way to success, written by none other than myself. Thank you, love you, and go pick it up today. Stop. Go. Now. Ready? Aim. Fire. Second Shot is back for another round on RNCN. I can't help but laugh and smile a little bit when I looked over there at Zach's coffee cup and he has a quote from Michael Scott on on his on his, I do. On his coffee cup. Uh, like I wonder if he's like the the most like <laughs> like quoted and talked about like kind of like fake character, but like in real life people people act like he's almost like a real person, like a Michael Scott Scott quote. Like, yeah, yeah, I love yes. it. Yeah, the, the quote is for anybody who doesn't know: uh, "You miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take," which goes Wayne perfect Gretzky, with our last Michael Scott. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah you're because right. that is Mike, didn't Michael Scott on an episode say that that was his, you know he tried right. to act like yeah, that was his quote? He but wrote it was on a dry erase board and then wrote Wayne Gretzky real small. And then under it, Michael Scott oh, real Michael big, Scott. trying to take credit yeah. for it. Oh, that, that's a that, that was a great show. The Office. It yeah. was such a good show. It landed at such a perfect time in like American culture when we're yeah. all you know because you you work for forty hours a week, you almost become like a family with yeah. these people. You know, you get used to people. And, so yeah, like it's and a lot of people have those totally. idiot bosses, the misadventures, like, yeah, and totally. the weird coworkers, yeah. and like the weird quiet one over there and like the loud mouth yeah, yeah totally it all adds up <laughs> that's a great one our next story i'm very excited to talk about this one uh payless opened a fake luxury store paylessy <laughs> i don't know how to pronounce it it's it's a fake store I think that's right <laughs> to see how much people would pay for 20 dollar shoes payless shoes uh recently in santa monica uh took over a former armani store and stocked the whole place with 1999 pumps and 39.99 dollar boots the chain via agency dcx growth accelerator which i guess is a you know advertising uh invited groups of influencers to the grand opening of paylessy and asked their opinions on the designer wares partygoers having no idea they were looking at discount staples from the mall scene said they'd pay hundreds of dollars for the stylish shoes praising the look materials and workmanship top offer 
$640, which is an 1,800% markup for those of you playing along at home. And Paylessy sold about $3,000 worth of product in the first few hours of the stunt. <laughs> at the end of the day, uh, they did ring up the purchases, but didn't keep any of the money. Um, they didn't want to, you know, think people are getting cheated. Influencers got their cash back along with free shoes. And the reactions caught in the short and longer form ads, which I guess will come out someday, their shock gotcha moments are truly priceless. Paylessy sets up a fake store. I think this is G- the name, that, you know, from Payless to Paylessy. Payless-y. That's so awesome. Sure. And it's spelled looks like an Italian oh, name. Oh, yeah. They had a whole it's logo great. cooked oh. up. And can yeah. you imagine? They probably had people at the door serving champagne. Oh, yeah. And oh. you know what I mean? They probably had a little red carpet outside. And people thought, oh, my Ooh. goodness. Did you get the invite to hey, Paylessy? My biggest thing is... Why would they tell anybody? Just roll with the pay less and keep selling twenty dollars <laughs> cheese for eighteen hundred dollars. What are you doing? Yeah. This is this. We are in capital capitalism, people. It's true. You, you should have just kept taking them for it. That was awesome. I yeah. thought I wouldn't have no. seized that opportunity. I um, mean, when I saw this headline, I was not surprised at all because there's such a culture right now of of having the it thing, the it product, especially with social media and Instagram and influencers, and that's who they invited with of course with influencers and stuff like that. And uh, I will be the first to tell you i love some certain name brand very expensive things Uh i love them (laughs) however and i have to love them for 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 the product that they are either for the durability or the way it fits or the way it looks or something like that you cannot be buying things because someone it might work for somebody else and maybe those shoes are the perfect shoe for somebody but it, it just shows how much we're all following like get your own sense of style get your own sense of of what things mean to you because there are designer products on the market today that i guarantee you are just like that Right. You know how many makeup products are, are made by the same manufacturing company? And by the way, Google is if you pay a lot of money for makeup and you can Ooh. often find that there is a um, lower cost cosmetic made by the exact same manufacturer without a, you know, if you don't want the Chanel label or whatever mm. label, you can get a different brand. Um, but but really, I mean, if you're, if you're these are high dollar items and I'm, it's like these girls on Instagram, they're like 18 years old with these designer bags. And it's like, do you even know what the difference is between that and a Target bag? Mm-hmm. Well, then have some confidence and get the Target bag if that's what you can <laughs> no. afford. I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think that. Um, but there's just, nothing wrong with wanting nothing the nicer wrong stuff. With wanting no. the nicer stuff. But have a reason for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's certain jeans that that fit me. That's the jean that fits me. That's what I think looks good. I'm willing to pay that money for that or certain shoes. I know the way they fit my feet i think they look good and they're and i really t- you know take care of them and they're worth it to me but if a shoe hurts your foot why would you walk around in that just to impress somebody Th- that's that's like an inherent problem like no you, you, no 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 those are I'm, comfortable no I'm, I'm pretty sure i've heard you have some shoes on you're like these hurt my feet let's be real All right, hold on yeah hold but there's on. a certain brand like Louboutin shoes are known for being uncomfortable but that's where I gravitate because for whatever reason they are comfortable on my foot and again there's nothing wrong with I, that you can wear if them for an like 8 them. hour work day right is yeah, what I'm saying there's not many, not many things you can wear for 8 hours on a work day would not hurt your feet though yeah no, but I know. mean I will like those shoes to me are comfortable and my, there my, are, are like a Chanel shoe there's one pair that fits my feet the rest of them they're too narrow I have like boxes as feet so they just don't work <laughs> you know so I'm not gonna shove my foot into something to be you know what I'm yeah. you know what I'm saying sure so anyway that's just like a side note I don't even know if that's a second shot but um this is a hilarious story it's a great one well what, what I thought about too though was it's the difference of what behavioral economics is and it's having a self-awareness that we all get sucked into 
can easily do it we and we don't know it we have a bias that we cannot control or not aware of mm-hmm. and to make a note of it behavioral you know um economics was always ran off of people the, the old e- economists would would run things based on just like what the you know like a um what the um, facts should be what the truth should be right like what makes kind of the common sense like um in fact if you, if you give people more choices they're going to be happier right that's not the case it, it behavioral, you know, when um, I don't even forget, he just won the uh, he just won uh, the Nobel Prize um, for creating behavioral economics, and they laughed at him because um, he was like, "This doesn't make sense." But he was able to um, create a whole new deal of that makes people understand that people do act irrational and emotional in purchases and everything. It's kind of like with the placebo effects with medicines and things. Mm -hmm. We have to be aware. That's where I think that the meditation and stuff comes into play because what it does is help you understand your mind a little bit better and stop yourself when you're going and doing something that you're going to have the bias to do these type of things. I guarantee you that either one of us would easily fall into looking at those shoes just because that's what it kind of told and do going the exact same route that they all were sure with the champagne and the red carpet yes. and the pretty presentation yes. and everything like that and we have to be aware of that as consumers that's where i think the big and that's where meditation and things of that nature can come into play that we will make irrational um um emotional decisions um, and that's what be- behavioral economics is. That's why placebo effects do work in a lot of times with people because it's your mind controlling what you believe and don't understand. You can control your mind. Well, the queen example of this is the Birkin bag. Yeah, the, the Birkin bag. So this is, I mean, I, is the starting point ten grand? I don't know. I think the starting is. Whoa. If they'll let you see one. If they'll let you see one. Ah. Because it's really, um, it's a supply and demand thing. It's, you know, I mean, who's who has this bag? So... They, what he's and, saying and is if you're thinking it. about a Birkin, you got to meditate on yeah. it first. <laughs> you, you guys out there looking for Christmas gifts, well, we got one for you. Well, no, but it's it's more so that it's just understanding that, that that this is this is you can laugh at these people all you want, but there's a book called Nudge, and it's by Richard Thaler. And Richard Thaler, so that is, was a Nobel Prize yeah, winner. R- yep. Richard Thaler is a Nobel Prize uh, winner that, yes. that did a lot of the psychology and, and developed the whole. Uh, behavioral economics and, and it's stuff like he talks about nudges and uh, he was like helped create um, on the 401k system that when it was one little shift that was instead of an employee checking they want to start putting in um, you know five percent matching five percent right sure it just automatically happened and they had to uncheck it if they didn't want it and 401k savings went up by like thousands of percent because that little nudge to help people be better at saving that even though it's the same thing same situation right but it's the the mind that plays the tricks and when it does that way it's like okay i gotta uncheck it so i move on with it sure and he talks about a lot of those nudges and i think about it and we've got to be aware of we we can laugh at these people and think it but we would all have the 100 percent ability to fall into that same trap they did and when you understand that about yourself and and how you start to understand that about yourself is by meditation, mind- mindfulness. And I mean, that's what meditation is. Well, just being aware and knowing yourself. That's what yep. I'm saying. Yep. Know yourself. If this is the perfect shoe for you, get after it. Yep. Right. It's Well, and he's been using this example with me because we, um, as we've been working to get Brighton into uh, preschool yep. or like a little Mother's Day out, Parents Day out type program. Not all parts of the country have that, but Parents Day out is like a, you take the child for three hours a day. There's structured programming. It's art class, music class, you know, play outside, teaching colors, letters, things like that. 
So we've been trying to do that. And he's like, this is a scam. Yeah. They're all saying, oh, we've got this wait list a mile long, which then results in me panicking and paying their $100 admission fee, even though I don't know if I'm even going to get in, you know, and then calling them every day like a psycho trying to get in. But but it's that same kind of thing. The um, scarcity makes us think that we want it more than, you know, I don't even know. I haven't even been in some of these schools. You're right. That's what I mean. Because so it's I'm impossible to have every that, yeah, single one of those schools that have wait lists a mile long. They all say there's no way. There's not that many people because every one of them says it. Oh, sure. But that's a behavioral economic play, and that's where I think if you have the mindfulness and the awareness that there are times and things that you can fall prey to, um, and and but you know what? And sometimes you need to know that you can trick your mind into something to power through it too. Understand that. You know, because there's times that you may, even though you don't feel good, you're down, but you really got to be performing at your best. You can overcome that. Oh, definitely. You know, so so if you can be sucked into believing that everybody's on a mile-long wait list and I want to pay $100 to everything with it, right, you can also over-control your mind to power through something when you need to. Like, you don't have to be a victim to your own mind. You control it. It does not control you. Right. I got her in that school. You did. <laughs> you did. I did. You sure showed that. And the things that yeah. you did to get that done is amazing to me. Well, you don't. I, you, you, it's right. like, I, I dare you to mess with this woman and her child. Oof. You're going to get ran over. Not me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I will, you know, I would encourage anybody on here. Learning about behavior economics is something that has been so eye-opening to me because I believe it is something. I don't care if you're running a business if you're not running a business, if you're middle manager or anything, there are a lot of things. Go look up the book Nudge by Richard Thaler um, because it's more than behavior. It, it is behavioral in general. So there's a lot you're going to learn, not just economic stuff. It'll teach you about your mind and how it works and things. And I've found it so fascinating, um, even though I'm not like an econ major. like And even if I'm running a business, I'm not the finance guy okay that's not my thing but i love learning about stuff like that because it helps me understand why i would do certain things sure so i'd encourage you all to go do that and take a look at that and uh you know i'm i may open up a um a hawo store and put some payless shoes in there mark it up and get some champagne and red carpet we make some money honey make it happen all right we'll be back in the middle of the third segment of second shot Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Second Shot with Keith Oaks still to come. To all my friends in the great state of Texas, if you have not taken advantage, I have a way to save you a ton of money. I have saved over about $3,000 in the last year, and I have no hassle. Go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code Second Shot. Now listen, promo code Second Shot, and you're going to get a free month just for signing up and saving a ton of money. So don't be crazy. Stop sitting around talking about is this the real deal and go do it right now. Energyogre.com, promo code second shot in a free month. Thanks. Go get it now. Run. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot on RNCN. All right. So on the third segment, we typically... We'll go over some emails and some um, reviews and things, and yeah. we're going to save them some of them for the next segment. Um, but remember, if you're not a member of the Second Shot Facebook group, you need to go do that right now. Mm-hmm. And if you haven't left us a review and you keep listening, I'm shaming you. 
um, very strongly. <laughs> and right and I don't think Jenny shamed y'all enough. You weren't very, like, you weren't, like, I really. I was a very hardcore shaming. Yeah, you weren't really. This is not really my style, Paylessy. <laughs> Paylessy. That's a great name. Paylessy <laughs> should start a store named Paylessy. <laughs> Paylessy. Yeah. It's probably, like, policy or something, yeah. which only sounds <laughs> like policy. So I'm I, just, I'm more mad that they gave up on it. They gave me their money back. I'd have kept charging them $1,800 for some $20 shoes. I mean, they could just as easily spring up another store, call it something else, and nobody would know. Yeah. Right? I don't know. That's I grew up in Payless shoes, and they were fine. Oh, they were fine for you me, know. too, yeah. Hey, I, I, I'm not above a pair of Payless <laughs> yeah. every once in a while, sure. Um, and so the Second Shot Facebook group, and if you got any emails, questions, or anything you want, um, secondshotcast at gmail.com. we got some stuff we're going to get into from the Second Shot group, but I also just want to bring up this little headline since it just happened last week, too, real quick, is um, because we didn't have any emails or anything right now, um, is... We went to the Big 12 Championship. So my, fun, my, you my guys. My Texas Longhorns uh, playing the Oklahoma Sooners. What's funny is Texas and OU have been playing since the year 1900. So Oof. they've been playing for like 118 years, right? Yeah. Oh, this is the only third time they've ever met twice in one year. That's pretty crazy. How does that happen statistically? Yeah. We beat them earlier this year, and then they beat us in the Big 12 Championship. But it was a great game to be at, even mm. though my Longhorns lost. And mainly we lost because Jenny... Wore, oh my gosh! Like she was like, "Oh look, I bought my burnt orange shirt, and it was like clearly crimson maroon." <laughs> and I'm like, "How in the world did you think this was burnt there was orange?" A, there was it a photo wasn't. on Facebook, right? I can yes. I can review this. Let There's me. a photo on Facebook. Yes. I posted one on Instagram too because I did like a poll saying, "Hey guys, I thought for sure my Facebook fam would back me up on this, and 100 percent of them were like, "No, you need to change." But by then, we were already in the car on the way. I to just the game. don't know how you thought that was orange. Undercover well, Aggie over there. Because no, because <laughs> I. I have lots of true red in the closet and yeah. it wasn't a, it definitely wasn't a true red so yeah. i kind of thought it was a burnt orange and i actually had been so excited all week thinking wow like i really have the outfit <laughs> you know sometimes it's like you have an event coming up and you're like man i don't really have anything to wear. Yeah. that's it yeah oh. do you see how it's okay i know but I Zach, mean, I, it's not a true Zach, red don't be nice look it's at it versus, okay it's definitely not look at it versus the red it's definitely shot. not longhorn yeah, but, orange but, that's true yeah but oklahoma's but not true red they're like crimson or something there's that tone in there i can see that yeah yeah, yeah like a real deep Real, real, real deep burnt orange. <laughs> Zach. Zach's I so felt nice. like I, just if it makes you feel any better, I felt stupid the entire time. Uh, if it uh, makes you all feel better, yeah. an overcooked orange, perhaps. Is what <laughs> overcooked orange. Overcooked. That's good. Yes. That's a good way to explain it. But they leading up to it. Um, somebody in the second shot group, because again, y'all need to join the second shot Facebook group if yeah. you're not. Posted this story and said, "Please tell me y'all are going to talk about this on the podcast." Which was um, the so the. Texas Longhorns do a sign, hook them horns. Okay, yes. so if you're watching, you can see it. Or if you don't know it, then you live under a rock. If you're watching on the YouTube live under you live under a rock. If you don't know what oh the Longhorn long okay. sign is, um, they do horns down. You know, it's kind of like boo you type thing. You know, sure. they'll, they'll turn them upside down. Yeah. And the Big Twelve said that if they anybody does that during the game, they'll be penalized that they can't do it. And look. <laughs> I'm a Texas Longhorn you fan. You are. Okay. Yes. But it's absolutely ridiculous to say that they can't do a horns down sign. These teams do not like each other. And it's not like you're flipping them the bird or something that is a really kind of a – it's just – it's sports. You're you're like – you're you kind of – I just think it's crazy to try to say – Yeah, people hold up signs that are more offensive than Oh, that. definitely. Yeah. It's kind of like saying you can't boo. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. You can't make noise while the players are talk. playing. Or and something. in football, yeah. you trash talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just – Part of the fun. Well, I thought that's 
that's getting a little uh you know that just goes back to that little sensitive little little sensitive world we're in these days that oh, people man. get so Heath, when the uh, when the aggies were in the big 12 how many times did you hold the thumbs down well i do that constantly for my whole life <laughs> he just walks around like that yeah, it's his that's, default position it's a default position <laughs> uh, it's a default position I mean, for it's that. been going on since the beginning of time when it yeah. comes to to sports right like yeah. that's ridiculous it's you, absurd yeah i felt i felt bad uh in particular not not only for a lot of longhorn fans who also agree it's ridiculous man those those guys in the locker room they gotta they gotta hate it like come on like they, they're on the gridiron they know how well, this works it like made that's the long, friendly it made the longhorns it made the people in longhorns almost like like their sense and little like exactly you know because it's yeah. like i'm sure that most of them really i mean because i'm a diehard longhorn fan and that, i'm like no that's just part of the game kind of too i mean yeah sure uh, that was a little overboard so i wanted to make sure i bring, brought it up because that she asked in the second shot group if we would talk about it so i just wanted to give my little two cents and even though i'm a longhorn fan and you can still do the downward longhorn yeah i mean because i'm gonna i'm gonna do the chant of "Oh, you sucks!" You know, <laughs> he, he, he just wants to let me. everybody else do that so that he retains yeah. his right, right to right. say "Oh, you sucks." I suck. have to be able to trash talk, so if that means you do too, that's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to, um, I wanted to talk about, um, you know, this week, and I think it'd be crazy for us not to acknowledge um, the passing of George H. W. Bush, um, and that you know a lot of his. It's been a lot of coverage around his funeral and stuff, and. Um, you know, I growing up, my dad was a big George H. Bush fan, mm. um, and you know that was really one of the first kind of you know politician type names that that my dad really strongly talked about around the house. You know, um, that I recall, uh-huh. and you know I just think that um, it was a, he was you know well liked in in many ways. Obviously, there's people that don't like him and. But he did a lot of service um, from the military and um, on up through it all. And I thought it was the right time to just make that acknowledgement. Yeah. And Even if though I we're, not a give, poli- we're not a political well, show. I would like to give one non-political lesson that my family took from George H.W. Bush and has Ooh. carried on. And I hope to carry on with our family as well is the practice of writing thank you notes. Heath knows that I yeah. am so big on that. I know it's, it can be a little much <laughs> when you're in my family now because it's like, okay, we got to thank this person, got to thank this person. But that was something that my mom was always big on. And she had talked about how George H.W. Bush, no matter how, I mean, this is obviously someone, I'm sorry, no matter how busy we are, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, sure yeah, the president. I'm sure the president is in that same realm. But we're talking about a man who, if he went to an event just as an attendee, not even as a featured you know, spokesperson or a host himself, he on his ride back was writing a thank you note to the host of that event and this is a message just in courtesy in love and generosity and acknowledgement which then of course he reaps the benefit of because what a nice I mean, how amazing is that when somebody comes to your event and they send you a thank you note telling you about especially special, if they're the president especially if they're the president yeah but i mean i think that can work for the rest of us too you know handwritten notes are something that are very important so it's before christmas time maybe if you have somebody who was a fan of George H.W. Bush and you're giving them a gift that might be a nice sort of like a note card or you know monogram card so that they can just be on the ready to send thank you notes that was just um, like I said something that my mom was always really big on and as a child it's oh you don't get it because you're like why they know they're thanked you know it's fine you know because it does take some time but um, in the grand scheme of things now people rarely write thank you notes and it just makes you really stick out as a special thoughtful person so that was one tidbit from him also he would really 
um, imparted upon others the uh, skills of being a good listener. Yep. We all lack that. That's a that's a tough one, but that was something that he was really big on. So those are just a couple of non-political things maybe we can take away from him. And that, I, you, well, go ahead, Zach. Oh, I, I was going to say, I, I don't have much to say, which is probably why I shouldn't have bothered trying to speak up at all. But <laughs> no, 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 uh, I, yeah, I trend a little young for George H.W., but from what I know from the guy and where I feel like um, I've seen some politicians uh, end up in, in this crazy day, day and age we live in, um, it's it's rare to me to see somebody in that sphere of influence pass away and and not have a whole lot of people have negative things to say. He's just it's stand up guy. Yeah. From what I can tell, yeah, I mean, I, I think that says so much of what you leave behind and when you influence so many people and so few have something bad to say about you, that truly means something. Sure. One yeah. of the things that I that I get from um, from him and and. No matter what you you think about them, you, you always got to look at a bipartisan of of certain of people. You know, no matter if you're on left or right aisle about sure. people. Something that I've always enjoyed about him and that he passed on to his son, um, that was you know two presidents after him, was the humility of their selves. Like what I enjoy a lot is that you know, like you talked about earlier, that George H was notorious saying, "Read my lips, I'll never raise taxes." Uh-huh. And then in order, to I was giving and then, Zach and then, some history. Yes, and, and then, like that. And, and in yeah. order to do some stuff, he had to raise some taxes, and he come out and made fun of himself about that, and just basically said, "Look, I shot my mouth off and really didn't realize what I was asking for and how I was going to get it done, but this is the only way to do it." And I, I love that that humility and ownership of look, I screwed up. Instead of trying to come up with excuses and think it's everybody, you know, like that, that, that egotistical thing. I loved being able to have, I love the, the, the being able to, um, have humility about your faults and where you are. You know, he and George W. Both are kind of famous about making fun of themselves about their accents and the, the kind of the, that quote unquote hit kind of a label they have. Right. And, and I think that, I think that when you have a humility about yourself, it, it takes the haters away from you because it's hard to attack somebody who owns their faults, right? Because the whole part of attacking is whenever they try to act like it's not there. And so I've always enjoyed, I, I felt like they there was such a humility there and yeah. such a more of a real genuineness type thing because they, they own their faults instead of trying to hide them. And that was one thing for me that um, kind of always has struck me with them. Definitely a good takeaway. Yeah, sure. I think that's a really strong, wrong piece. So, and also a nice reminder that a lot of good people come out of Texas. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Here's one of the greats. Yeah. Well, second shot Facebook group, guys. Y'all need to go join it. Leave us a review, okay? Come on now. Yeah, and we're yeah. talking about. I'm I'm getting advice from people about the t-shirts because I've been getting a lot of requests from people saying, "Hey, we want the t-shirts." You can see them if you're on. Uh, go on. Go video to YouTube. Right now. Yeah. Go on YouTube. You can see them if you're on there. Um, t-shirts, hats. People are asking about that. I'm trying to find a really streamlined way to make it you know affordable for everybody and that kind of thing so if you have suggestions um i'm taking those in the group where can they find you jenny jennyanchando.com at jennyanchando tv on twitter on instagram which is my favorite of all and you'll definitely connect with me on there jenny and chando zach uh, and matt <laughs> i'm at apple zackintosh on twitter and i'm working on my instagram game so i'm yes. over there too and i'll be on that facebook group facebook group facebook.com slash group slash second shot that's us check it out matt uh, you can find me on Instagram, Matt Stoker, the numeral one, Matt Stoker one. Check it out. At Heath Oaks and at Ignorance on Fire on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And the Facebook group will see you there. And until next time, I love you guys.
Sien, the digital destination for premium talk radio.